Welcome to the sound of the start of your weekend, the Not The Top 20 podcast betting show sponsored by Betfair with myself, Ali Maxwell, with him, George Ellick. This show is for over 18s only. We talk about betting uh, and gambling comes with risks. So please, before you place a bet this weekend, if you are minded to do so, make sure you understand the risks, brush up on them by heading to BeGambleAware.org. For more information, George, it's sunny, it's springtime, there's only a couple more weekends left of the season. It's it's a good time to be alive. It's a great time to be alive, mate. Such a, I mean, it's, it's funny now having stared at the tables for so long that it kind of feels like we're actually suddenly it's going to be all over. Yeah. In, in just like nine days, League One regular season is just done. Players will be literally heading to the beach in Dubai rather than the metaphorical beach. <laughs> um it's I, I i've been telling people you know you've got to be careful because we are obviously very lucky to do what we do but i feel like i've been a bit of a broken record since like early march when people say how's work i'm like oh my god i just can't wait for june and just a bit of time off and now that it's about to happen i'm like oh god <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, suddenly, I'm suddenly nervous i feel like the efl and making weekly content about the efl and dare i say being an efl fan as well is like marilyn monroe right it's like if you can't handle me at my January to March, then you don't deserve me at my April and May. Yes. Um, and we got through it, and now we're reaping the rewards. It's an exciting time. Let's talk about last week. I would certainly like to talk about last week because it was one of my better weeks of the season. Uh, I had my second biggest winner of the season, George. It was an over 3.5 double. Fleetwood against Oxford was up in, I mean, a, a matter of seconds, and huh. Charlton against Morecambe, sort of midway through the second half. It was a, it, it's very unusual that we pass comment on each other's picks, um, but this was one you said you hated it, you hated the play, and that really, really got my juices flowing. I felt like Nathan Jones or Gareth Ainsworth just using like the slightest slight to fire me up, to motivate me. So that was a very pleasing winner. I mean, just take the win here, mate. Don't like keep thrusting the knife in after you've, you know, you've, you've made me look like a fool. You've, you've gone back in and done it again here. You haven't even mentioned the profit that you made off the bet. You haven't even thought about the, the money you made other people. Focus on the positives. Don't be that guy. <laughs> uh, it was an 11.22 winner. Uh, the double also got my nap up, extra 1.7. Uh, Har- uh, Swindon beating Harrogate at 2.3. Uh, and my lay of Wigan at 1.41 against Cambridge was good things as well. I'm not sure what I was thinking with those three goal scorers. None of them scored. And then, of course, two or three of them scored in the next round of fixtures on uh, on the Monday as well, including that pesky Obafemi. It's like trying to catch an eel, trying to pick an Obafemi uh, goal and actually making money from it because I, I think I've got him and he wriggles away and then he scores when I don't have him. Uh, anyway, that was my second biggest winner of the season, the double uh, after that uh, Connor Shaughnessy goal for Burton at 20-1 to 1 early on. So plus 12.92 points from the sixth state last week. Well done, mate. Uh, your over 2.5 goals pick in Huddersfield QPR was your, your only success. Why didn't I just pick O'Hare to score any time? Because I'm an idiot as well. O'Hare scored, but not twice. Ipswich missed an open goal after five minutes for your yeah. DMB nap and Rotherham. Well, they allowed Rotherham to wrestle back control. Uh, let's see how we go. Uh, we don't have many of these shows left now, so let's make the most of it, George. What's your best bet in the EFL this weekend? I'm quite championship heavy this weekend, um, and there's quite a few that I like. It, it does feel, and I think we, we kind of spoke about this a lot last season at this stage, where there's kind of a, a big overreaction maybe in terms of, of the teams who... Um, who are just seen to have little to play for. And we saw quite a few of those teams um, win or stifle those sides, uh, especially around kind of the, the top eight 
um, who, who had something to play for in the games. And I think they're the best example of where this can go too far, where the narrative and the rhetoric can just move prices to, to an absurd level, is the price of Fulham um, to beat Bournemouth at Bournemouth on, on Saturday. And then my nap at 2-1 to one to win the game. Now, going into this, Fulham were promoted on Tuesday night. They beat um, Preston comfortably to secure promotion. And I guess the narrative here is that they come into this game having, you know, had been on the beers all week um, with uh, all the pressure they've had, all the, the need to win dropping off. I, I just don't think that's the case when... After that game on Tuesday, they'd have been fully aware that they had a game on Saturday against the only team that can catch them to winning the championship title. Fulham's promotion has been assured, all but assured, should we say, for about six months now. <laughs> you know, this it, this isn't the kind of huge relief that they've got over the line. Like that, not a single player in that Fulham dressing room would have been in any way any more than just kind of happy to get it done rather than that that big release of, of relief having got over the line because it, it was never in doubt. This is purely mathematical that they've been promoted. Yet they come up against the Bournemouth side who have put good distance between themselves and the chasing pack. But come into this one knowing that a defeat here and a win for Forrest will open that race up again. We've said it plenty of times over the last couple of weeks. If Forrest can get to that game, that penultimate game of the season, six points behind Bournemouth, then they have a decent chance going going into that game. They will know that a win there will mean that they have to um, that they're forcing Bournemouth to to pick up something on 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 the final day of the season. So even though a six point gap with two games to play seems unassailable, when the goal differences are so similar, um, you know, even though Bournemouth won three nil against Coventry on on Easter Monday, Forest picked up another goal on them with their four nil win over West Brom. It, it, it you know it, it might seem unlikely, but especially that Bournemouth hosts a Millwall team who unless things go really pear-shaped or incredibly well for them, we'll probably need something out of that game as well to secure a playoff spot. Um, I would say all the pressure here is on Bournemouth. And Bournemouth are also in a position where a point for them in this game would be a great result, just picking up anything they can get against uh, a side of the top end of the division. Fulham's players, you know, you're looking at the likes of Fabio Carvalho, you're looking at uh, Alexandra Mitrovic, Harry Wilson. These guys are absolute quality. And, and th- the notion that they're going to down tools because they've just won the league I think is just complete fallacy. I, I just don't think that's going to be the case at all. If this game, if Fulham had lost on um, on, on Tuesday against Preston, there would be a much shorter price for this game, which just doesn't ring true to me at all. You look at the league table, you know, they're, they're what are they, nine points clear of Bournemouth as it stands at the moment. You look at the goal difference, their goal difference is 31 goals better than Bournemouth. That just goes to show you that the increased level of dominance they've displayed over the course of the season compared to their rivals. They are a better team than Bournemouth. And I almost think the circumstances coming into this benefit them more than the home side. So yeah, I, I think two to one about Fulham here is is just narrative gone mad, basically. Um they should be much shorter. Narrative gone mad. These days, if you say you're the recently crowned promoted team from the championship, you get arrested and thrown into jail. Up the Fulham <laughs> uh, my nap, my best bet bizarre this uh not doing this for for any sort of bit or joke is the exact same team at the exact same price as last weekend it's exeter <laughs> to beat rochdale at home at 1.7 with the betfair sportsbook um like last week i'm getting a little bit more lively later on with some of my picks so i'm more than happy to take the the the, the unusually short nap price 
of course, at this stage of the season, short prices are, are everywhere. I, I did wonder if I'd feel a bit dirty picking such a short price nap last weekend, George, and I didn't. I felt fantastic. You felt uh, rich. I watched that game as Colchester travelled to Exeter. Cole, you had a, a shot from 25 yards that was blocked in the second minute and they did not have another shot for the rest of the game. <laughs> Exeter with the most comfortable 2-0 win you're likely to see. Uh, they then went, of course, to Tranmere on Easter Monday and they lost. Now, I'm not marking them down really for losing at Tranmere, the best home team in the division. It wasn't a it wasn't a game where they were dominated or battered by any means. It was relatively marginal, certainly weren't at their best, but Tranmere have done that to many teams this season. And that defeat doesn't actually add any concern to me ahead of this pick. I think it it adds edge and motivation, if anything, because they're not in the most comfortable position extra. They're in second. Uh, any talk of catching Forest Green can be shelved right now. They're five points behind them with four games to go. Is Northampton and, and Bristol Rovers they need to be worried about who are four points back. Exeter have a game in hand and they've got home games coming up. This one first against Rochdale. So I think it adds edge. I think it adds motivation. There's nothing so far to suggest that Exeter have a the bottle job gene. Um, nothing in the last few months that suggests that. Certainly not at home where since the turn of the year they've played nine, one, seven, drawn two and lost none. Uh, they're up against Rochdale. Clearly, motivation-wise, uh, there's nothing obvious uh, other than contract extensions. Uh, they won late on Monday, which meant that they were mathematically safe, even though they, they have been, really, for, for weeks now. Um, away from home, Rochdale, not having a great time. Their last 12 trips, one win, two draws, and nine defeats. Uh, so they're three games that they haven't lost away from home in, <laughs> in the last 12. And they were against Scunthorpe, Colchester and Oldham, those are the teams that don't beat them when Dale travel. Everyone else has done uh, recently. So it's eerily similar to last week's pick, uh, which was a 1.7 extra home win against Colchester, which was as comfortable as it gets. I probably would expect this to be slightly less comfortable, but I feel similarly about it. My feeling was that was the banker in the EFL last week. That proved to be correct. I'm going again. So same again, please. Exeter, my nap at 1.7 at home to Dale in League 2. Uh, next best. No, no, let me say that again. Double next best. Mm, Millwall. Millwall travelling to Birmingham. And there might be away from home. I might have expressed some doubts over their away form recently, but I'm amazed that you can bat them at six to five here. You know, two point two basically. Um, I Birmingham are an absolute mess as it stands at the moment. Um, last time we saw them, they'd be, be beaten six one by Blackpool. Their form is is just miserable. Uh, a lot of talk about Lee Bowyer um, leaving the club. Um, nothing confirmed as of yet, but the whole football club is at a pretty low ebb like you know I'm not going to say rock bottom because it feels like there still could be some way to go um but if you take out as we said on the Monday pod if you took out um points deductions this season they would be um in the relegation zone and looking pretty likely to to get relegated they've lost their last three games in a row they've conceded 10 goals um since going 2-0 up against Coventry losing that game 4-2 and then the 6-1 against uh, Blackpool they I mean that they're, they're they're not on the beach they're somewhere much worse <laughs> hell um yeah they are uh, underground um so it, it's hard to make a case for them unlike Millwall who you know come into this in really good form um you know Jed Wallace 
was missing on the weekend. We don't know if he's going to be back. We're a boost if he is, but you know they're playing well enough at the moment to to kind of cope without Gary Rowett going back to his former club as well. Um, a bit of inspiration there for him to do well. But but realistically, this is just a case where, in my view, are Millwall more likely to win this game or not win this game? Probably more likely to win the game than you're getting a perceived percentage chance of of well under fifty percent. Um, so they are um uh, probably in a normal week would be a, a strong enough to be a nap in my in my mind, but uh, not here. Well, clearly I agree. Uh, I can't believe that Lee Bowyer is still the Birmingham manager. I'm certainly not someone that would ever call for someone to be sacked, and I don't want it to come across like that. I am just very surprised after what I saw on Easter Monday, that 6-1 defeat to Blackpool. The uh, the boos at half-time and full-time, the chance of you're not fit to wear the shirt, Almost no attacking patterns of play whatsoever for, for Birmingham at this stage. They started the season looking solid enough. But the last few months, tactically, in terms of shape, in terms of desire and, and second balls, which was pretty key to the whole process, uh, it's all gone. And, and that's not going to be enough against this Millwall side, in my opinion, who who have kept zeros and ones. You know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to push that more than clean sheets um, in 80% of their games. So very rarely do they concede more than one goal. And... Attacking-wise, they're improved over the last few weeks and months. Uh, they have got the second-most set-piece goals in the league, which is perhaps uh, on brand. Uh, Murray Wallace, Jake Cooper, particular threats. Ballard as well. I think one of those will score, and maybe I'll mention that later on. Um, and conceding from set-pieces, I think, is a big barometer for how bad a team is or, or how bad a shape a team is in. Um, a team that have no interest in organising themselves for the good of the team or the good of their manager and... Here we go. Birmingham, last three games, conceded from a set-piece against Nottingham Forest, conceded from three set-pieces against Coventry City, conceded from four set-pieces against Blackpool, who also hit the post from another. So unless Boya has done something sensational in the in the four-day turnaround between these, I can't see anything other than a Millwall win, just like you. And we should say they've been improved in open play as well. Uh, Jed might have been out last week, but uh, as we noted on the Monday pod, they've got a decent stable of attacking players with a varied threat. Bury and Burke can do the Jed Wallace role well enough. Um, they've got speed and skill. Uh, and then Afobe and Bradshaw up top, very, very sharp, combining well for that goal on, on, on Monday. They're looking good, Nick. So Millwall have picked up the most points in the league since the 10th of February. 14 games, 28 points, two points per game, and only 10 conceded in those 14 games as well. Only Forest have a better points per game in that time. Uh, they've played three games fewer. Uh, Huddersfield as well, matching Millwall's two points per game across 12 games in that time. So it's a, a strong team full of motivation as they chase down Sheffield United's sixth spot against a Blues team with no confidence, seemingly no guidance right now. Uh, we're, we're double N being Millwall at 6-5, to 2.2 with the Betfair Sportsbook. Don't forget that Betfair have no cash-out suspensions. On match odds for all EFL games, that's applicable to singles and multiples. Bet on match odds for EFL games on the Betfair Sportsbook. There will be no cash-out suspensions whatsoever during the games. Let's move on to the exchange. George put up a lay bet. I'm laying Wigan at 1.89 at home to Plymouth Argyle. Um, Wigan look in a very commanding position now um, to win League One. And that is mainly down to a really poor run of form from MK Dons, who have picked up one point from their last three. And apart from that, win from Rotherham um, against uh, Ipswich, which is going to look incredibly important in terms of trying to secure their the top two spot. Uh, you know, they reverted back to their very poor mean um, in recent times with a with a defeat at Burton on, on um, Tuesday, which meant that Wigan's two points picked up in three games against Burton Albion, Cambridge 
and Ipswich actually is pretty much the best form of the three. Um, you know, notwithstanding, of course, Rotherham's uh, win, but over the course of the three games, um, it's put them in a in a better position to win the league, which I'm pretty sure if you'd told Wigan fans before the Burton game that they were going to pick up two points from three, they'd have assumed that they'd be looking over their shoulder as to whether they'd get promoted, let alone um, whether they're going to win the league. Up against the Plymouth Argyle side, and this is a, a massive game for them. You know, they've been dealt an incredibly hard run of fixtures to end the season with. Um, they travelled to, to Wickham and lost 2-0. They were the better team against Sunderland um, on Good on Good Monday, on Easter Monday. Um, and just it was a game of, of pretty few chances. They had the better of them and didn't put them away. But it was it was a big point. But you, you get the feeling, or I get the feeling, or maybe this is wishful thinking as an Oxford fan, if if Plymouth lose their last two games against Wigan and against MK Dons, I don't think they'll finish in the playoffs. Personally, I think that someone will will usurp them. Um, but having said that, a point or possibly two points um, could be enough for them to um, to get in. It, this is a game where avoiding defeat is is of the utmost importance. Um, I, I don't imagine Plymouth are going to come into this gung ho looking for the, looking for the victory. And similarly for Wigan, I think a point is is absolutely fine for them as well. Um, losing this game and having Rotherham uh, win um, would be the only thing that could really, well, Rotherham and MK Dons win could really upset them. So it feels to me like a game between two sides who probably take a take a draw before go before getting there. I think Plymouth Argyle are still a very good team. I think they played well up against the Sunderland side who've been decent under Alex Neal. I don't think there's been a massive drop off in terms of performance levels. I think it's more to do with the fixture list. Um, and this is this is huge for them. Um, arguably a bigger game for Plymouth Argyle than it is for Wigan because um, Wigan's promotion looks pretty much assured now. So, um, yeah, I, I'm taking... Uh, well, I'm laying Wigan at 1.89 um, to win this one. Uh, I'm not convinced they're playing particularly well at the moment, um, as, as shown by the, by the recent scorelines. So I'm laying Huddersfield. Uh, this game's on Friday night, live on Sky, after which I will be doing our segment alone. You've left me in the lurch. Uh, but Going I'll to be, a wedding I'll be, before anyone gets any ideas. I'll be wetting the appetite ahead of an exciting EFL weekend. Uh, and I'm going to take on Huddersfield at, at uh, 1.63. I've been matched on the Betfair Exchange with my lay. Uh, what I haven't said yet, that's what I'm holding back because I don't like saying it. They're playing Barnsley at home and, and Barnsley are really poor at the moment. Um, but there are two things. But like last week with, with Cambridge Wigan, there, there were just two factors that I wanted to... Um, I wanted to see if the mixture of two things might come out in my favour, and it did with, with Cambridge. Uh, they did have an excellent game plan. Mark Bonner did put on a masterclass, and Wigan did look quite tired and a bit fatigued. There are two different things here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Huddersfield are a little tired um, just because of the intensity of their games recently. Uh, what was it? Ten days ago, we watched them beat Luton 2-1 on a Monday night. Uh, it was a really intense game. Then they played late on Good Friday and drew 2-2 with QPR, which was another pretty lively game. They gave away two leads there in, in drawing. And then they went to Middlesbrough uh, on Easter Monday at lunchtime and put together one of the best away performances I've seen this season to win 2-0. Set-piece goal, tick. Counter-attack goal, tick. Sensational defensive display to keep a clean sheet, tick. So I'm just thinking they might be a little fatigued. But the main thing for Huddersfield is, is a sense that this sort of game where they are heavily favoured, where the onus and the pressure is on them to put uh, a team travelling to their house away, I don't think that massively suits them. Now, this is pretty stance-based because it's not actually backed up in 
the results and and I wanted to make sure that that everyone listening knows that it, in home games against bad teams they've been very good uh, if you if you look at what Preston downwards that's the the 10 worst teams in the division or the 10 lowest teams in the division um they've played eight games at home uh, they've won seven and drawn one against Birmingham City so in general they have put these sorts of teams away but I don't think their style of play and I don't think Corberan's skill as a manager necessarily comes in uh, seizing the responsibility of of you know imposing yourself when you're heavily favoured. So I want to take them on just to see if if that has any truth in it. Um, and then the other thing is Barnsley. I want to say they're playing for their lives because they haven't been relegated yet. They will be relegated, and they probably will be relegated this weekend. And I don't really believe that they will be. I I, I don't think there's really any chance, and I think they know that. I actually think the fact that it's televised might be a greater motivation for these Barnsley players than their minuscule chance of survival. I've got a feeling that for the likes of Bassey uh, and and Queener, their two sort of most creative attacking players, I think they might turn it on for the cameras. I, I even think people like Carlton Morris, Corley Woodrow, who's back from injury, Michael Hellick, Mads Anderson, Callum Styles, these are these are guys who were part of a playoff team last May, who we watched live on Sky playing playoff semi-final matches, and now they're part of a team that will be playing in League One next season. And I don't think they will certainly not want to be playing in League One. They won't expect to be playing in League One. They won't feel like they, uh, as individuals, should be playing in League One. And I think that gives them a little bit of something here. So I'm going for Barnsley, the Tykes, turning it on somewhat in front of the cameras against the Huddersfield side that could make heavy weather of of this strong favouritism. That's why I've laid Huddersfield... um, of course they should be favourites. Of course they should be strong favourites. There's every chance I'm wrong here. I always have to say that on these short price lays. But <laughs> I'm willing to be on the other side. Um, I've laid them at 1.64 on the Betfair Exchange. So we finish off with goals and goal scorers. I'm going to um, West Bromwich Albion against Coventry for my goals bet. Um, it's a bit of a, a long shot, a bit of a swing. Maybe I'm trying to emulate my hero, uh, Ali Maxwell. Um, <laughs> I'm backing... Coventry to score over two and a half goals at seven to one. Um, you know, people listening to this don't need me to tell them what's going on at West Bromwich Albion. Um, I think it's probably getting to a stage now where Baggies fans are kind of hoping things don't improve between now and the end of the season just to ensure that Steve Bruce isn't there next season. Um, the 4 0 defeat against Forrest, uh, of course, was in part due to Darnell Furlong being sent off pretty early on. Um, but. Uh, you know they they were very poor again. They'll be missing Furlong for this one. Uh, it is a club that are rudderless, and I know that a couple of times I've got against West Brom recently, and I've seemed to be the their their blessing when I do that because they beat Fulham and they beat Bournemouth at home. Um, but they're playing against the Coventry side, who you know, even though these two sides are in, in pretty similar positions in terms of their season, you know playoff challenges that have that are going to fall short, um, they couldn't be in more different positions in terms of the way that the, the club, the position that the club is in. At West Brom, we've got a manager who the fans don't want, who are playing incredibly poorly, um, who are underperforming the sum of their parts up against the Coventry side, who are, despite the 3-0 win against Bournemouth, where I, I maintain they were the better side in the first half and were very unlucky to go behind at all, let alone 2-0 down. Um, they will come into this. We've seen them score four at Birmingham the other day. We know that under Mark Robbins, they're a side who take risks and will continue to pour forward at any opportunity. And if if things really do unravel for West Brom, I, I could see this getting quite ugly for them. Um, you know, I'd probably rather back Coventry to score goals in this game than I would Coventry to win because it's more about the the prospect of things just going even further um, wrong uh, as we go as we progress with, with West Brom. So 
Um, and, and if you look at West Brom's last three games, um, the opposition have covered the over two and a half um, line twice with with Forrest scoring four and, and Stoke scoring three. Um, so seven to one seems like a very, very generous price about a side who who we know when things go right, they can, um, you know, they, they put three past Fulham just a couple of weeks ago away from home. This should be a much easier um, opportunity to do the same here. Gyok this party. Yes. Yes. Okay, uh, my goals pick. Well, George, what should you do after you land a, over 3.5 goals, double at just over 10 to 1? Do it again. See if you can do it again. I don't have the <laughs> miraculous spirit of Easter on my side this weekend. I'm well aware of that, and it makes me slightly less confident. But let's see how we go. Of course, it's not just a punt these I've spoken before uh, at the end of last season about the stats on games getting a bit out of hand, fun in the sun, particularly mid-table games. It's always worth looking at. And of course, the, the bookies are wise to it and, and prices do shorten for goals in, in some of these games. But I still think it's worth a go. Um, so as long as it's all right with you, mate, because I know you hate an over 3.5 goals double. I'm not I'm not saying anything. <laughs> um, it's, it's predictable games as well. I think regular listeners to the betting show would have picked these two out if I told them I was going to do this. It's Accrington against Luton. Um, this one, it's, it's just too obvious. I couldn't ignore it. Uh, it's only two to one, the the, the over uh, 3.5 goals price. Um, but Accrington, in their last few months, I mean, we're talking like 12, 14 games worth, they're averaging about three and a half goals a game. The four all against Cheltenham is, is what I'm after here. You might remember that from a few weeks back. Uh, and Lincoln are, are sort of good dance partners I think for Accrington here because there's there's signs that they're cutting loose as well and having a bit of fun to end a a disappointing season Uh, against Pompey on Good Friday they had 26 shots six on target in a 3-2 loss Um, followed it up by being 3-0 up on Cheltenham within what 20 minutes 19 minutes on Monday Uh, eight shots on target in total in that game Um, they're enjoying the, the shackles being off that's for sure and I think that should be a nice uh, I think that should mix well with, with Accrington's particular style of carnage and chaos. Uh, and I've matched that with Cheltenham Bolton, uh, also in League One. This one's at 3.2. Uh, Bolton have seen over 3.5 land in 30% of their games this season, which is a pretty high tick. Um, plenty of goal scorers in their team. Bod Varson, Bakayoko, Charles, Afalion, of course. Dapo's got plenty of scouts flocking. Uh, he needs to impress them now before the end of the season because he's getting a lot of links. Of course, he hasn't had the best six months after that fast start, uh, but he could finish strong here and he'll be fully motivated to do so. Cheltenham, they've been real fun in the sun candidates last few weeks. Um, some high scoring games. Eight of their last 12 games have gone over 3.5. And that's not including last week against Lincoln when they were 3-0 down after 20 minutes and they both just sort of shook hands after that and stopped playing. So uh, I like it. Cheltenham and Bolton at 3.2. Accrington and Lincoln at 3.0. The double is 9.6 with the Betfair Sportsbook. And if you bet £10 on multiples or bet builders, you get a £2 free bet on the Betfair Sportsbook to use also on on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's on site. Uh, Just make sure you check those. But if you bet £10 on multiples or bet builders, you'll receive a £2 free bet also for use on multiples or bet builders. Finish me off with a goal scorer. Jake X Jeasley um, to score any time Blackpool. It's a yes. It's just a straight yes from me. Thanks. Uh, they go to Luton. I think Luton are too short for this. Um, yes, Luton came away from Easter weekend with six points. I don't know particularly convincing in either game, to be honest. Um, you know, Forrest were, were rightfully aggrieved. Not, I mean, they, they battled very well to get over the line against Forrest. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from them. But the performance itself 
um, you know, it, they, they didn't by any means outplay a Forest side who are um, one of the best teams in the division on the day. They they did well to get the three points, but it was a battling performance rather than anything else. And they were flat on Monday in, in beating Cardiff uh, away from home. Um, and when you factor in the defeat against Huddersfield as well, I'm not convinced. Well, let's say I think there might be some poor results for Luton around the corner. I don't think this is necessarily sustainable at the moment. Unlike Blackpool, who went into the weekend as the top XG ratio team in the championship uh, over the last four games. And the performances and the results um, that came after that, especially the 6-1 win against against Birmingham, um, showed a side who, you know, who are ready to, to really kick on. I, I'm, I know I'll be backing them to win this game. But Beasley made his first start, having joined from Rochdale in January. Um, for those who are members of the NTT20 squad, I stuck on the betting uh, the betting squad after the teams were announced. I thought he was valued to to score first and score any time at 13 to two, and near enough five to two. Um, he did so within about five minutes, which was quite handy. Um, and he's a much bigger price here. You know, he's nine to one with a Betfair sportsbook to score first and, and last, and four to one to score any time. You know, he's a he's a player who, whilst he hasn't been prolific, particularly prolific lower down the divisions, um, I think that might change playing in a side that's, that create a lot of chances because his XG numbers are always very, very high, as was seen by the two 60-yard box goals he scored on, on Monday. I'm all over this. I think it's completely wrong. It's it's just it's just the wrong price. Um, whether it wins or not, um, it's, it's not far off just being a mistake. Well, how about a Jake double? Jake Cooper is on the bet slip. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since me and lovely big Jake have got together, but I'm backing him to score for Millwall against Birmingham. Uh, cast your mind back uh, 20 minutes or so to when we both put up Millwall. And let me remind you that Millwall have scored the second most set-piece goals in the division with 17. Uh, Cooper, their major threat. Wallace has scored. Murray Wallace, that is, similar amount of goals this season, but um, looking at Y Scout, looking at their sort of XG and XG per 90, Cooper's the one that, that tends to um, uh, get the better chances, I would say. Um, and Birmingham have conceded, what did I say, eight goals from set pieces in their last few games. So uh, couldn't look this particular very tall, strapping gift horse in the mouth. Uh, and I'm doing the old first last anytime approach. Uh, so a quarter of a point on Cooper to score first at 18 to one, uh, a quarter of a point on him to score last at 18 to one, and half a point anytime at nine to one with the Betfair sportsbook. Cooper's got his nut on a set piece in each of the last <laughs> three games. This one just needs to go in the back of the net. He's the biggest boy in town. He's responsible for my biggest ever betting show winner as well. Famous one that in July of 2020 um, at 40 to one, and I love him. So I'm happy with that. Jake Beasley, Jake Cooper are goal scorers this week. George, please recap your selections. Fulham to win away at Bournemouth is my nap. Millwall to win away at Birmingham is my next best. Laying Wigan at home to Plymouth Argyle. Coventry to score over two and a half goals. Seven to one. And Jamarcus Beasley to score any time at four to one is my, uh, for, for Blackpool, is my goal scorer bet. <laughs> Okay, well, I have copy and pasted my nap from last weekend. Exeter to beat Rochdale at 1.7 at home this weekend. Next best, Millwall at 2.2. I've laid Huddersfield on the Betfair Exchange at 1.63. My goals pick is an over 3.5. Double Cheltenham and Bolton, Accrington and Lincoln. And my goal scorer, Jake Cooper. Quarter point first and last at 18 to 1 and half a point anytime at 9 to 1. That's been... One of the last NTT20 betting shows of the season. We've got a couple more up our sleeve, a few more weekends, bit of playoff action as well. A huge thank you to Betfair for their continued support of this podcast, which has been huge for us this season. It's allowed us to spend a lot of time uh, doing our best 
to cover the EFL, both on the Monday pod and on the betting show. We hope you are enjoying the pods and have done throughout the season. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at NTT20Pod. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so that when we release an episode on Monday, which will follow a big weekend of fixtures and the EFL Awards on Sunday night, which George and I are donning black tie for. And we're going to be talking about um, recently passed away philanthropist referees again. Um, I get what you're asking. I get what you're asking. <laughs> I've got a big day on Monday, to be fair, so I'll be taking it very easy. What do you think you'll stick to beer? Because that's you know sort of stick to what you know, or do you think maybe you'll limit yourself to a couple of glasses <laughs> you of say wine? I don't know wine. Well, I just think wine has a it's sort of higher ceiling, lower floor, isn't it? Um, I'll probably see how I go. I, th- I think it's more. I think rather than what you drink, it'll probably be more what time I leave. Um, I probably won't be sticking around for the for the post awards shenanigans unless David Prutton corners me. It's not what you drink, it's who you're drinking with. So we've got a responsibility to each other on Sunday night to make sure that the Monday pod doesn't descend into fast like it did after the stag a couple of weeks ago. That's mm. by the by. Oh, let's carry this <clears throat> discussion on off record. Can't wait for the EFL awards. Can't wait to talk to you guys on Monday. Have a brilliant weekend and best of luck with any picks that you make. Go out. 